Hey everybody, this is the Proven Progress Podcast, and I'm your host, Bonnie Provincial, and today we are going to take you on a journey where we are going to make sure you are living your life fully alive. Hey everybody, I hope you're having a great day so far. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit today about our need to be right, and where that comes from, and how we can get around it, okay? So you guys might not think that that is a very important thing, but if you kind of think in your mind about somebody who has to argue with everything, or even if somebody comes up with a good point, they have to say something along the lines of, well, you're not wrong. Like It's almost like they can't admit that somebody else is right, because that would mean that they were wrong. Okay, and somebody with this kind of mindset is really at risk for not ever expanding their comfort zone, expanding any part of their life because they put themselves in a small little box of the the reality of what is okay in the world and what is not. You know, a person like this is constantly going around talking about how everybody else ought to do certain things and and so and so did this and that was wrong and it's almost like they're kind of walking through life trying to justify their own thoughts and behaviors and so a lot of people have a hard time seeing this in themselves um and so a lot of people honestly have a hard time seeing a lot of things in themselves because we don't actually pay that much attention. And so what we need, like self-awareness, guys, is the biggest tool that you have to figure out how to take your life to the next level and figure out how you are going to be happy. Because a lot of times we, I mean, our brains are this insanely complex tool and our environment is also insanely complex like if you think about everything that is around us there's invisible sound waves frequencies I mean we can send a text message anywhere in the world and it appears in an instant because of these invisible waves that are always present in the universe like we live in an incredibly complex world so our brain is always picking up information and then dropping other parts of information. So what we tell ourselves is important is what becomes our reality. So if we're not aware of our thoughts and we're not aware of our feelings and aware of what we really want, our desires in our life, we will never really truly be happy and fulfilled. So this conversation is, I mean, really about self-awareness, but in the regards of the need to be right or the need to act a certain way, or even if, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, I don't have that problem. Um, think of somebody in, in your life who does, but then in regards to you, maybe if you don't have the need to be right, is it because you have always kind of just presumed that you were wrong? You know, like you kind of presume that everybody else around you is smarter than you. So like you don't need to be right because maybe you just kind of go with the flow because everybody else knows better than you. That is like the complete opposite of the spectrum. But essentially, our need to kind of predict the future is 
I mean, that's really what makes humans successful is, is our ability to be able to predict the future. But the problem is, is that when our predictions or our aspirations don't fit this mold of what we thought, we, we either A, pretend that they are and, and just alter everything so that it's like, yeah, see, like I told you that was going to happen. Um, or B, we get extremely depressed because we presume that we're a failure in life because we're not where we should be. So to kind of figure out how to get to the root of the, these issues and change them, we got to figure out where they're coming from, okay? So if we go way back, like way back in our lives where we are infants, okay? When, when babies are born, they need love and connection and self-esteem to survive and thrive. Like that is a, just a scientific fact. If a baby is not held, if a baby is not loved, if a baby is not cuddled, it will literally die. It's called um, the failure to thrive. So even though our brains are very simple at this stage in our life, we have a feeling inside of us that makes us cry when we need to be held. And when we need love and connection, we cry. And so that is something that you know, we make sure that our parents take care of. And so as we get a little bit older, um, you know, we're, we're walking, we're talking, even though we're, you know, one, two, three years old, we are incredibly dependent on our parents to give us the things that we need to survive. Okay. And so at some point in time, when we are really, really little, um, and, and this could be from the extreme, it's, it's all about how you're interpreting the situation, right? Like you, and siblings, this is a real true proven, um, fact with siblings, right? They have an extremely similar experience, but they turn out completely different emotionally, right? So, you know, from an extreme case of like a child that is maybe, um, beaten for something, or maybe they're just, you know, made made to go to their room for an hour or something um that basically what happens the child misbehaves or does something wrong okay we do something wrong and then we lose connection with our parents and so at a very very young age we link this up we link being right up to survival okay and so sometimes this ends up being as though we just always have to be right. And sometimes it ends up where we just kind of go with the flow of everything because we are so incredibly scared to have an opinion so that we can't be wrong. And so that's kind of two different extremes. And, and this, like, when I look back at my childhood, I had an extraordinary childhood. Like my parents were amazing. Okay. And so I actually used to walk around thinking that there was something wrong with me because I had just an amazing life. Like, like I, they literally, there's just nothing I could complain about. I had parents that loved me. They took care of me. They provided me every opportunity I ever needed. And so I'm walking around thinking like, oh my gosh, like there must be something wrong with me because I had absolutely everything. And, and you always hear these stories of these people who have overcome these just insanely difficult childhoods and, you know, they're doing just amazing things in the world and you're like oh my gosh like how come you know so and so can go do that and like they were abused their whole life but the point is that you don't need it's not that you were abused it's not that like it could be just how you internalized the way your parents disciplined you right like you it could be just how you drew this emotional connection like 
Like, I've got four children, and believe me, there are ones that will do anything in their power to keep us happy, to make sure that they don't get disciplined. Like, it is it is very important to them that they do not ever get in trouble. <laughs> and then I have another child that wouldn't care less if he got in trouble or not, because he just wants to do what he wants to do, and he doesn't actually really care what we think. And so, you know, it's just everybody is so incredibly different, okay? So if you can just kind of look back at that and and be like, okay, well, that's really silly, you know? Just because I'm wrong doesn't mean I'm going to lose connection and die, right? Like we don't, a lot of you are probably thinking, well, I don't think that. And and you know, you're right. You don't consciously think that. You don't have that conscious thought. But it is something that is subconsciously in, in permeated the back of your brain. And it is inside there and it is a belief. So unless you actually go in there and change it and consciously think it is okay to be wrong about this, maybe I'm looking at this from the wrong angle, then that's when the real growth happens. And that's when you can change your life and change your reality of what, of what, of how you view the world completely, you know, and uh, I have done this many different times in my life. Um, but I kind of fell into the spectrum of like, well, like I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in being right all the time. So a lot of times I would really, um, passively form a small opinion with a, well, I'm probably not right anyways, just so that I didn't ever have to face that rejection of being wrong. Um, but essentially the point is, you need to go through life being open to possibilities and open to different solutions. Because what we do, we close our mind off so much that we can't experience anything different. We can't, we, a lot of times it makes us so closed off, we can't even hear someone else's opinion on a topic. And you know, you get two people like this that come into a conversation and they both think that they're right about something. And, and when they're all done pleading their case, they leave angry and, you know, deeper ingrained in what they think. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it could be something as silly as like a documentary on sharks. Like, I have no opinion on sharks, but some people, you know, it's just, it's funny. It's, it's, some people have an inherent need to be right all the time. And if you never really kind of stop and think about, well, why do I have to be this way? You'll never be able to kind of change that, that part. So, um, really I have had incredible growth in my life and incredible opportunities in my life by being able to kind of assess where I am and assess the past and be able to identify these areas where I am wrong and uh i mean one really really simple example for me um that might be hard for a lot of you to relate to but as a small child and and you know growing up through high school and stuff i thought i always said i do not want to have kids i do not want to have a family like i'm going to be totally success and career oriented i like having a family is just not something that i want to do at all and i said that for many many years all right through high school and 
The reason why I thought that is that my idea of a family was a man and a woman getting married and I was going to give birth to these children and then I was going to stay home and wash the dishes or go go to work all day and then come home and cook supper and wash the dishes and like do this like mom housewife thing and I could not see myself in that story. I could not see myself as being like a housewife and a mom. It was just not something that I ever wanted to do. And so I just automatically rejected the idea that I would ever have a family or ever be a mom. And so then, you know, fast forward a few years later, it's not that, and you know, being open-minded to other possibilities in life, it wasn't that I didn't want a family. It was that I didn't want to kind of be the, I guess, primary caregiver while somebody else goes off to work and doesn't really you know come home and take care of the kids a whole lot like I just I couldn't see myself in that but when I found a partner that was like 100% equal with me and we were going to do this thing together and it didn't look like the sense of me getting pregnant pregnant for nine months and giving birth to a baby (laughs) which I still couldn't see myself doing um It just totally changed this reality. And now my family is the most amazing thing that I have in my life. But if I would have stayed in these strict, this strict box of the only way I can have a family is if I get married to a man and settle down and be a housewife, I never would have had a family. So that's a little bit of an out there example. Um, But another one is just the example of how I thought I had to succeed in life Um, As far as a career goes, I thought that the only way that I was going to be successful is by physically working hard. And that is fulfilling for me. I do enjoy working with my hands and, and, you know, physically, um, you know, pushing my body to the max where I'm, you know, physically working hard to build something, put it together um, and do that faster than my peers to feel successful that is fulfilling to me yes um but at a certain point I don't think that that's what I'm designed to do I used to think that's what I was designed to do and I would actually be very frustrated because I would want to climb the corporate ladder and I would want to you know get to this point where I'm making more money but in construction the harder that you physically work, the less money you make. Like that is just kind of how it works. Like if you're the one on the nail gun banging the wall together, you're just getting paid by the hour and you're not like that is not going to ever make you wealthy. But as soon as you become, you know, the business owner that's running a few crews or like in my case, I became a superintendent that was organizing the trades and doing customer walkthroughs, I was getting paid more money But the part that was fulfilling for me was the physical labor. That was the fulfilling part. So it was hard to match up this fulfillment with my paycheck because the two were headed in the opposite direction. But that was something that I believed. And and I'd even, you know, had this conversation with my wife a few times that I was like, you know what, I'm just meant to be a worker. Like, I'm not designed to be an organizer. I hate being organized. It's really annoying. And I'm not that great at it. Um, I can kind of I can fake it till I make it for sure. But it's not something that comes supernatural to me. And I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy planning any of that. Um which actually kind of makes me slightly good at construction because never nothing ever goes as planned anyways. So any at any rate, 
I came to this point and I came to this saying, and this is actually what made me figure out all this, this stuff is that whatever got you to exactly where you are in this stage of your life is what is going to hold you back from more. And when I first heard that, I had no idea what it meant. And I didn't figure out what it meant for probably three months. And I thought about that statement at least two or three times a day because it was just something that baffled me. And I actually, well, I just said, that's wrong. I said, that's actually crap. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I'm really hardworking. I'm really honest. I have good morals, good values. Like, those are all really good things to be. But when I said the word, I'm a hard worker, I work hard, working hard meant something very specific to me. Working hard meant physically working hard, doing things, production, having something to hold up or take a picture of at the end of the day to say, this is what I did today. This is what I built today. This is how much I sweat today. This is how many steps I took today. To me, that is what working hard meant. And that is what I had done. Like it was almost like, okay, there might be a way to make this process easier by outsourcing it to somebody else or delegating this task. I wanted to do the task. I wanted to just do it myself because the more I did, the more success I felt because I was working hard. And so the day that I realized what that quote meant is that it's not hard work that's going to hold me back. It's that kind of hard work. And the what really hit home was somebody said, hard work at something that you love doing is not work. What someone call, what one person might call work, another person will call their passion. And when somebody calls that quote unquote work, their passion, it's just something that they love doing and it's not work. It doesn't mean that that person's not working hard or producing or doing amazing things. It's just the fact that to them, it's not work. (laughs) And that was just like a brain explosion moment because that's the thing. Like, like I don't, I don't like coming home extremely exhausted. I always had a, I've always struggled insane amounts with my back. I'd be in pain. I would like, it was just so uncomfortable, but I took pride in being able to overcome the discomfort, right? It's almost like, I'm sure you guys know somebody like this that will just push and push and push, like regardless of the circumstances, but they're just actually just, you know, hitting their head on the same ceiling over and over and over because they're like, yeah, you can try and try and try again and you can try 100 times and that is great. You are working hard, but unless you are doing something different in your try, you are never going to succeed. You are only trying something that you have proved that is not going to work, right? Thomas Edison did not try the exact same experiment 10,000 times and then all of a sudden on the 10,001th try, it worked. Every single try was something different, okay? And so that's where we have to be able to say, this is what I've been trying. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is not the path to success. Maybe this is not the path to my fulfillment. And until we can do that, 
we are always, always, always going to be hitting our head on the same ceiling. And this ceiling that we've created is something way back in our childhood, some story that we are believing from when we were really little, we think that that is what life looks like. We think that that's what hard work means. We think that that's what having a family has to look like. And so that is what is stopping us. That is our ceiling. So until you can open open up your mind and put down your shields of being so defensive about being right, you will always be trapped in that little box. So I'm going to leave you guys with this thought, okay? Um, this comes from a book. Um, Price Pritchett wrote it. It's called U Squared. It's about taking a quantum leap in your life. And in, in the very beginning, he describes... Um, this story about a fly. He said, next to me, on the window, I can see a fly, and it is a struggle of life and death, and the fly tries harder and harder and harder to get through the window, and that fly is going to sit there and try to fly through this window until eventually he dies of exhaustion and falls to the sill. And over on the windowsill, you can see five other flies that have tried the exact same thing to get through the window. And you know what? No matter how hard that fly is trying to fly through the window, he just physically cannot. He will never do it. But if the fly would have just stopped and said, maybe this is not the right path, he could have turned around and seen an open door on the other side of the room. Okay, so that's what I want you guys to ask yourselves today, okay? What window are you trying to fly through when there might be an open door on the other side of the room, okay? So that's it for now. I want you guys to make the rest of your day great, and we'll see you on the next one.